Hey, everyone, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you by Frontline Gaming. Uh, we are your hosts, Kicker, the chief of Serial and FLG Insider, uh, and I'm Seth the Mad Dog, your competitive correspondent. Um, we are without Shelby, the Ooh. hobby guru, tonight. Um, it's 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 just the two of Don't. us for now. Ooh. For now. Wait, there's more? Kicker. Yeah, there will be more. Kicker, <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, well, guys, I have been nursing my wounds. I did this stupid, like, gym fitness challenge and i did 72 chest to bar pull-ups over over a workout and it just like tore up my hands and they're all like bleeding and in pain and it's been miserable and i'm trying to oh, get yeah, huh? yeah right what your your to- your hands are tore up yeah. it's not the 72 pull-ups that you did well no the 72 pull-ups like destroyed my hands because the grip and all that and it, it, it was bad but I'm, I'm not the actual 72 pull-ups destroying like your arms and upper body no, no that's, that's fine. fine dude that's fine that's fine that's fine <laughs> No, but I've been, but I've been like literally dripping. Ble- I mean, this is disgusting. But like my hands have been bleeding, and I'm sitting here trying to paint my damn orcs to get ready for the GW Austin event. And <laughs> like I'm like at night, blood dripping, painting red orcs. It's it's they're looking gorgeous. Uh, uh, Richard, our producer, because get your those, blood is on them. Get get this photo. So I've been I've been working on these nonstop, and I'm I think if I keep up this rate, I will get them ready for for the Austin event. Aren't those pretty, Seth? Would you be proud? They are. Ooh, I love the orange. It's like a nice nice pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's looking real good. Yeah, I'm really. I can't tell where the blood is on them, which is good. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, I blended it in. I blended it in. It's good. It's good. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. They're coming along. Um, but uh, I'm just like rushing to get my whole work army done. I've got these guys. I've got another set of Squig Hog boys to do, and then I've got the of course the beloved uh. Mom Moz, Bog, whatever guy in the squig. Moz, Rog, Scrag, Bad. If you're going to be an orc player, sir, you better learn your name. <laughs> All right. Okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, well right. Seth, what have you been up to? Um, So I went into the weekend being like, you know, I, I think I've got my list set up for this GT at the end of the month and I'm good. And, you know, and I'm just going to I'm just going to build some models and have fun. And I started I decided I'm a horror movie fan, folks. So I decided to binge the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series. I hadn't seen that before. So I watched all seven of those movies over the weekend. I didn't do the remake because I have standard. It's dedication. Um, But then I got to the end of the weekend of like deciding to do a display board and all this stuff and then decided to change my list at the last minute. So now I have to paint a display board and a kill rig in a week. Um, so I'm, I made decisions, yeah. um, and, and I'm gonna also going to do a, a binge marathon of the Friday the 13th films. So that's what I've been up to. Can you paint um, and watch at the same time? Or do you think, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I, do, cool, I do. Cool. All right, just want to make that's sure. That's how I binge both. All right, good, good. Um, so I have something to keep myself, you know, locked in a room <laughs> okay. uh, for the next several nights. Nice. Um, so, um, but tonight yes. we are joined by none other than Salty John himself, Whoa. FLG staff judge and writer, uh, GW event judge, Avid's night player, Space Wolf player, <laughs> Shalamander player. Uh, yeah. Welcome, John. Thanks All around good tonight. guy. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> he wasn't forced or anything uh no, no. contractually no, no. obligated to make his uh video appearance on all <laughs> flgn shows um kicker take us into the industry news yeah we're gonna be uh talking to john a little bit more but john feel free to jump in as we talk about random stuff uh sure. <laughs> so we're gonna go right into the industry news guys black templars are hitting the shelves this weekend i'm sure you've got your pre-orders in but if you didn't well uh, you know, why didn't you? Um, they are, you know, the full set. It's the full release. A lot of products, a lot of new stuff. It's exciting if you're a Black Templars player. If you're like me, I could care 
less. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, guys, also, we have Warzone Octarius. This is the new hotness right now. This is the yes. new the new supplement. It's 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 been teased. It's going to go on pre-order this weekend. My big question is, it's it's featuring NIDS and Guard, right? So does that mean we're going to have a NIDS and a Guard codex coming next? Or is this just a patch to kind of just keep people happy for a few more months, maybe maybe a full year, till the actual codex drops sometime later in 2022? Seth, what are you thinking? I'd imagine it's a patch because... Yeah. I mean, you certainly can write rules, excuse me, yeah. um, that are forward, forward looking. But I would imagine it's a patch yeah. um, because all the other um, Warzone books have provided rules for the codex that was just released. So they they Dude, seem to very I, much I think be written. Admech, that though, I think the Admec one came out. The Admec supplement, whatever you want to call it, came out before the Admec codex. If I'm, I think that was more of a, a logistical shipping error than a, than a, than a choice. <laughs> Maybe for a COVID thing. Um, but I do want to bring up an interesting point. This is now uh, the third time the GW has released a box set with new models and limited edition yes. codex ahead of the, the actual uh, wide we, codex. We had release. sisters, right? We had uh, beast snaggas yep. and now black Templars. Works, yeah. Do you yeah, like so, this? What are your thoughts? I mean, I, Bought four B boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. I I I doubled down on it because I wanted all the crap. Yeah. Um, and I you know I don't think you know everyone likes the box sets because they tend to give you a little bit of a discount. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily like that those are occurring in advance of the wide codex release because it makes this kind of gray area for tos of like, well, should this codex be legal? Should it not? You know, all the all the mm -hmm. models might not be released. You know, so like up until. You know, up until literally the weekend of the Games Workshop event, there was events out there that were saying you cannot run yeah. beast bosses on Swigasaur and kill rigs because the models weren't out. Yeah. So we really couldn't. You no know, matter how good your conversion say, is, it doesn't yeah. really count yet. Uh, John, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, man, I mean, as as a player, you know, if this, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Do you mind if someone's running beast snaggas without there being an actual GW model out uh, available yet? It depends on if you can get a good sense for what the size of the model is. Mm -hmm. So if you can get a good sense for what the size is and you can make a close approximation, then I don't have a problem with it. Um, it's a matter of, did they put out a preview where you can see how big it is yeah. compared to everything else? Because if you can't tell, then how can you make a proxy that you know, exactly. or not, not a proxy, a conversion yeah. that you know is the right size? And yeah. so for me, yeah. it's only, are you getting an advantage? in game from your conversion or not if you yeah. the answer is no then i don't care you don't care um and and do you like this rollout too that seth's bringing up that i mean like if the fourth special limited edition box was space mm -hmm. wolves with a new codex or something and and a bunch uh, of limited sorry, it's imperial knights or, or, or okay sorry sorry imperial knights sorry if an imperial knight yes. codex was coming out but no. you could you know the, you got it with a couple knights you know as a special limited mm -hmm. edition box i mean obviously you'd be excited but yeah. do you think that it's kind of rough because maybe you just want the codex and you've already got all the knights you could possibly need I mean, I kind of do have all the knights I could possibly need. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> but if they put out, well, but I don't know if it's a new codex, maybe there'll be a new knight. Yeah. All and right. Put that in, that'd be cool. Did I not hear you just complaining about how you had a bunch of knights that were built and unpainted? Oh, I, well, I'm not complaining. I'm saying that I do have them that are unbuilt and unpainted, but I already have all the knights I could possibly want. They're just not built and painted, but I have them. Well, then I think you could start a new night house. I could, totally I could start a new night house. house. Um, no, it wouldn't bother me. I, uh, I think that it's always better to have cool new models. I think the hard part is, do you let those codexes play or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's got to be a little bit of sour grapes if like your favorite faction ever comes out and then you're like, I'm super excited to play this book 
and I can't play this book. Yeah, this I mean, I won't game. play an outdated codex. Like, it's just no fun. Like, no. if you know that your codex yeah. is going to yeah. be outdated in a few weeks or months, mm-hmm. so like, uh, I'm just going to hold off uh, yeah. and play something else till then. Yeah, cool. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, the rules for this new Octarius book, though, have not been that exciting, at least not to me. Uh, I mean, you know, they, basically they gave, you know, a, a nid bug some sort of a sword that ignored invulnerable, but it wasn't really that strong of a sword in the first place. Nothing too right. exciting. And, you know, some rules for, for I guess it's Kadia that's getting their, you know, yeah. little, you know, supplement in, in this book. But nothing too exciting. And obviously that could be intentional. Maybe GW's rooting for the really exciting stuff to be. Oh, yeah. Now, now I, I said the same yeah. thing, Kicker, in a group of, of players. And I got rudely shouted. Oh, down really? Because the they did preview Nids getting full chapter master rerolls on a unit, which is something they have not had that access to. That is true. That is true. That's nice. So, That's nice. So they they would be very upset to hear <laughs> if if you belittled their okay. rerolls. No, no, we will so not. Yes, those rerolls yeah. are valuable, valuable stuff. I played against a Nid player earlier this week, and I was really surprised with how good his existing army is, despite all things, uh, how fast yeah. they are. So maybe this little patch if you want to call it that or or whatever yeah, the supplement is going to be uh giving them just that much more oomph well guys yeah. i wanted to uh go into I, I guess there's a little bit of a hubbub a little bit of a you know commotion regarding an event in houston and uh i you know and, and the players that were in attendance and if they were in attendance etc cetera, etc cetera. but but at the end of the day guys i really just wanted to stress that it's important that we all try to respect uh the 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 BCP, uh, the BCP, the ITC uh, regional reps, and if possible, try to go to your ITC reps first and have them uh, reach out to us. That's kind of the, the the best option, just to streamline the the lines of the communication so that things don't get kind of crazy. So, if possible, yeah. guys, you know we, we we love you. We love that everyone's so involved in the community. But try to reach out to your ITC reps uh, initially if there's something that you know you're interested in exploring. The reps have been vetted out. They're all wonderful human beings, and uh, <laughs> and 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 really, you know professional and eager to help out however they can yeah yeah do where do you find that if you have a concern kicker where could you find yeah. the reps so your list of itc regional reps is on the frontline gaming website under the itc rep directory and we don't have somebody in every state but you can usually go one state over and find somebody and if not you know uh you, you know you can really probably ask any one of them they're all super excited to to try and give their input when they can and and, and jump yeah. in and help you and of course if you're running an event that's who you reached out to to get your token for your event um, sweet guys. Uh, I wanted to also mention a few things coming up regarding our events. Guys, get ready. <sighs> get ready. Yes, yes, yes. Submit your list for SoCal now, like right now. Go do right it now. now. The second now. Go. go, go, go. We're going to pause. <laughs> We've uploaded all the registered players uh, that have tickets to the SoCal event in BCP and now via BCP. You can upload your list and we ask you do this like now, seriously, like just pause this and go do it. Friday is the deadline. That's 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 in a few days. So go do that. Most people have already started to upload their list without us asking them to. But if you have not, please, please, please go do that. We need the list for the 40K champs, the 40K friendlies, and of course, the Age of Sigmar champs. Those are the only events that are using uh, BCP at this time. Well, hmm. BCP that needs a list to be uploaded at this time. Yeah. Um, and I would like to say one thing that I think you're going to be very excited about. Uh, you all asked and emailed me and messaged me and sent a carrier pigeon to me. Yeah, we got <laughs> one carrier pigeon. I, I don't know where that one came from. You asked, and I can proudly confirm. I think that was meant for me. That was meant for you? All right. You are the raptor. I am. I do you are the vet. Birds, so that makes more sense. <laughs> well, you asked, and we can proudly confirm and happily confirm that funnel cakes will be at the firegrounds. The, uh, the SoCal 
Open takes place at a fairgrounds in Del Mar. And you can't go to a fairground without getting funnel cake. And so there'll be funnel cake as well as five other like full service vendors there. There'll be, you know, everything from fish and chips to coffee and salads and shrimp and all, all sorts of stuff. So a, a nice range of food. So guys, you will be well taken care of. Well, you know, you, you can go yeah. to a fairgrounds and play Excellent. 40k and not get funnel cakes, but those were at the original Barry opens. <laughs> oh no, John, no, no. John, hot take. Are you going to get a funnel cake? I, you know, I'm very picky about my sweets. Oh, I don't know if I'll get a funnel cake or not. I mean, I mean, funnel cake. Who doesn't like a funnel cake? Like, I don't know if I can trust a person it's that fine. doesn't like funnel cake. It's fine. I mean, to be fair, Picker <laughs> could eat a funnel cake and probably burn off the calories in about 45 <laughs> minutes. I watched this man inhale two large salads back with chicken. And then like an hour later, I heard him in the kitchen. I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, getting cereal. And I was like, <laughs> how? How do you have more room? Yeah. It was, yeah. I was, I, I really like mm. cereal. It just, it just satisfies my soul. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think I could work off a funnel cake that fast. So maybe I won't do that. <laughs> well uh seth why don't you bring us into what's happening on in the uh flg well, admin don't you have a one more oh. one more note about maybe getting some help oh about getting some help sorry am i missing it am i missing something i'm missing i'm reading the notes you have a note saying calling for volunteers oh yes thank you i'm not reading by the way once again i go. don't read notes well at all guys <laughs> that's my job is to keep them in line folks we are calling for volunteers that want to assist us with the socal open during a setup and breakdown setup will be thursday afternoon breakdown will be all day during sunday you can find me on facebook and message me directly you can call me actually no don't call me don't don't call me don't i'm not giving myself yeah, no. you, you can email me uh we do have a few people that have stepped up that are local community leaders but we love as many people as we possibly can so if you are in socal and would love to help with the setup and breakdown we would really appreciate it and maybe we can uh you know maybe give you like some stuff i don't know i can't i can't I, I thought you were going to pitch this more as like a 40K CrossFit scenario. Because oh, <laughs> you are obsessed with that too. No, so no, like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I like to run. I happen to go to CrossFit every now and then and tear up my hands when I do so doing pull-ups. But let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but but okay, yeah. So so seriously, find me on Facebook. I'm the only kicker in the world. I'm pretty easy to find. And say, yes, I would love to help set up or unload the truck. Right now, it's just Reese, Leo, and I. So we could we could really use a few people helping to unload all the truck. Leo's a real nice guy, folks. I I worked with him at ACO, mm -hmm. but he is too nice <laughs> to ask for help. He is way too nice. I'm like, dude, we got so If you walk up to Leo, he could be like moving a giant thing by himself. You're like, hey, man, do you need a hand? He's like, no, I'm good. And you're like, you're going to die. <laughs> so don't listen to him. Listen to Kicker. They need help. It's like Leo's buff. He can lift up a pallet on his own. It's impressive. But like, you shouldn't do that. So, so we have a full truckload of terrain coming in from Vegas that we really need help unloading. So yeah, find me on Facebook and, and reach out. Now, Seth, on to you about the FLGN. Okay, well, give me a second. All right, now, now you got to read your notes. <laughs> Sorry, this is normally- well, No, 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 okay. I'm, I'm copying questions from Oh, later. okay, okay. So yes, we are down a person. Shelby is normally here uh, you know, helping out with the uh, yep. the network news. Uh, so yeah. uh, Grim After Dark uh, yesterday had an episode that was on time, amazingly. Um, and it was a Taylor <laughs> episode where they- did what I thought was impossible, which was they covered all 60 plus of the Horace Heresy books what? in one episode. What? <laughs> That's madness. They did, they did like Taylor-esque summaries of all of them. It was it was a lot. Did, did they it pick a, a winner lot. or like a, a must read? No, they were just like, they basically, this was, we're going to summarize the entire Horace Heresy <laughs> series in one episode so that then they can start doing individual episodes oh. about each of the Siege of Terror books. Okay. So you don't have to read those 60 plus novels now. You can just go absorb that. Um, 
Okay, John, there's no wrong answer, but if you had to choose one, Siege of Terror or Horus Heresy, like any hero, like what do you like more, the 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 newer ones or the traditional Horus Heresy? Ones? Um, my favorite book, yeah, single favorite is book from right before the Siege of Terror. Ah. It's the one, um, <clears throat> oh man, I can't remember the name of it. But it's the one where Vulcan travels back to Earth. Ah, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but so I, I, the Siege of Terror books are really good. <laughs> Yeah, they they yeah. really are. And I don't I mean, I, I've read the first few of them. Then I started listening to some of them. Like, I have to say, like the audio mm-hmm. is it called an audio drama. I don't know. It's yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really Jonathan good. Keeble is amazing as a narrator. Yeah. Dude, yeah, they, yeah. they got some good production quality in those things. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry to interrupt you, Seth. <laughs> That's all right. Um, the chief librarian is back this week talking about why they love them. Some dark angels, uh, <laughs> chapter tactics, uh, last week covered how to speed up your play, bringing on Scary. And, uh, I asked the Thursday show what they're going to be covering this week and kicker. Yes. This goes back to a point that you made earlier, which is they don't know what, uh, what events they're covering because they don't know what lists are going to be in lock. Actually, John said review. that, but I'll take full credit for it. You know, that's cool too. Well, the point is, so if, if you want to have a, not this next, this Thursday, but next Thursday, a good Thursday show about SoCal yes. lists, you better have your lists in so that they can unlock them in time for that crew to review them. So, And I believe double Paul point. Murphy, one of the hosts there, he loves when people send him, you know, their list for him to break down. So, yes. so you can find him. I think he's on Twitter. And of course, yeah, he has a whole like Twitter campaign yeah. about it now. So yeah. Yeah. hit him up there. But uh, this week, we decided to bring on old Salty John here because uh, he is from the California area. <laughs> he's been a longtime gamer out there. And so we wanted to know kind of what is it like in the California meta? Um, you know, he was rumored once to have gone 6-0 and at the Barry Open with Knights, you know, uh, masterfully uh, dodging uh, the late, great Jeff Robinson Wait. somehow. Um, Is that legit? Wait, how- really? You went 6-0? and Yeah, I went 6-0 and got second place. I have, oh, my, uh, I have my plaque, which this isn't going to happen with you in charge anymore, Kicker, but the plaque is actually incorrectly labeled. Oh, wow. It says SoCal Open, yeah. Bay Area Open. <laughs> <laughs> that second is a down. collector's item. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went six and zero and came in second place to Don Houston. All right, wow, wow. So, uh, tell us about the California meta, or even tell us about yourself. If there's more that you yeah. want to share, wait, 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 with the wait, 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 wait. Before are, anything, you know, I'm stopping you right now. Very oh, important, sorry. very important. Um, John, what is your favorite sugary breakfast cereal? No, this is serious. Like you have to answer this. Fruit Loops. Okay, good, good, good choice. I, I can respect a little Fruit Loops. All right, not not the best, mm-hmm. but I, I can expect. Okay, sorry. Can please yeah. continue, Seth. Um, so besides, besides TFG fame, where you can, you can hear John's opinions every other week, uh, tell us about the California meta. Sure. So, um, well, it depends on where you are in California. So California is large as most everybody listening to this probably (laughs) understands. Um, the SoCal meta is the one I'm most familiar with. Uh, Mm -hmm. the SoCal meta is oddly chaos heavy. There's a lot of players who love chaos here and play chaos a lot. Um, which does create a slightly skewed meta to like preparing for stuff. Are we, are we talking like chaos knights, chaos demons, chaos marines, a uh, thousand yes. sons, like chaos, just all yes. chaos. All right. <laughs> okay. we, we love ourselves some chaos around here. Apparently we're all heretics. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Inquisition would like to know your position. <laughs> they would. Yes, the Grey Knights are currently inbound. Um, so it does provide a little bit of a skew when you're preparing. Um, but it's still a, a very packed meta. Um, you've got like a lot of notable players um, in the area. 
So you've got, uh, and some of them that are coming to SoCal. So some notables that are coming to SoCal from the, from the area, from the West, like Brandon Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's here. He's local. That He's won the LVO and ICC before. Um, Jeff Poole is local. Jeff Poole's gone. Uh, every other year he's gone to LVO, he's made top eight. Oh, dang. Wow. Nice. Um, so he's a very good player. He's very well respected in the area as a good player too. Um, there's a couple of really good teams. Um, team zero comp is more or less based in the West. Um, and then my team hashtag wrecked who came in and got Ren man at the LVTT. Um, nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, I wasn't playing. So <laughs> congratulations to the guys. on my right. team that Cause that had nothing to do with me at all. I just sat back and watched on the sidelines. Um, but you've got other guys you like supported uh, them emotionally. Yeah, uh, Junior Aflehi is local. He's an amazing player. He's on teams. I think he's on Team Zero Comp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> William Saunders is a very good player who plays Salamanders a lot. Uh, he's good. Kyle Perry is a great player. He plays mostly Eldar. Um, I had the honor of getting absolutely trashed by him round one at the Hammer of Wrath tournament locally. <laughs> um, we have a lot of like local GTs too, so we we get a lot of comp- competitive prep yeah. in California due to the GTs, especially in Southern California. Um, I help organize and run the Hammer of Wrath GT and the Battle for LA GT and our newest one, which is the Old Town Showdown, and they're all held mm-hmm. up the Gameology Pasadena. That's our like our sponsor for them, and then Dice Hammer throws GTs often too. I think they th- they throw one like every three months or something. Oh wow! Um, so there's a lot of good competition. Um, it's just a lot of people think that tend to not take the meta seriously because there's so many chaos players. Um, but we've got some really good players here. Um, so so the the comments that I was given by various folks in the Midwest, Pacific Northwest, and the East Coast that uh, the West Coast is a soft meta. Ooh. That's that's not correct. That's fired. I don't think it's soft. I think the I think the problem is um, we have good weather. So like yeah. we don't spend tons of time inside playing Warhammer because we have other things to do. Shots fired. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it totally makes sense, right? You know? I mean, it totally makes sense. Um, yeah. Okay. But, but if, but if, if you're, you know, if you were coming into SoCal, we have a lot of people flying in for SoCal. They're coming in yeah. from the Midwest, Texas, Southeast, Northeast, Northwest, um, should they be teching to prepare for a lot of chaos? I mean, should that be something they should really consider? I mean, it's, it's getting a little close to the deadline, but should yeah. they be adjusting their list to, to take on chaos? You know, I think that it's something, well, it, especially with thousand sons, it's probably something you want to be thinking about period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you might want to. So we've, we've had this discussion a lot lately, which is like, even for majors, the big events, a lot of the players are still local. Yeah. And so you're going to get a lot of the people from that meta. So you might want to think about, okay, if I run into a, I don't know, an Abaddon-based Black yeah. Legion army, how do I deal with that? It is similar to running into a Gilliman gunline. Yeah. But how many of those do you run into anymore? Yeah, right? No, not exactly. So you might want to think about those things. How would I deal with demons? Mm-hmm. How would yeah. I deal with, um, you know, any other Chaos-type list that I might run into? I wouldn't worry too much about Chaos Knights. They're in a really bad place. <laughs> <laughs> So, really, because they're they're able to soup up their guns to be strength eight to get past the uh, buggy ramshackle. Uh, I know, but well, 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 John, as a knight player, obviously mm-hmm. you're playing Imperium knights. But would yeah. you consider playing Chaos knights? I mean, you're in the Chaos meta. I mean, you know, with your people. If the Chaos knights, if the Chaos Magera yeah. had the correct keywords, okay, 
and could benefit from all like being able to be uh, uh, targeted by the stratagems to get extra relics and stuff, mm -hmm. then yes. But cool. because the Megara can't, because it doesn't have the correct keywords, no. Okay. And, and, and then the Megara is the most. Have to buy what? More knights and paint them chaos. Oh, there you go. You're just going to keep on buying knights, man. See, my knights are all TFG radio knights. Oh, oh. So what I've done, and they have the decals on them. So what I've done <laughs> is when I want to run chaos knights, I have a chaos knight. <laughs> <laughs> that I put into the list, who's all spiky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and no, it's a chaos no. list. Of course, totally. Because I don't have any of the Imperial iconography on it because it's all TFG radio decals. <laughs> <laughs> and your wife doesn't mind how many toys you have because they're not yours. They're the, the, the networks or the, the podcast. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Is that how you get away with this? Kicker, I'm going to order a couple more kill rigs for our podcast. Yeah, to totally, man, totally. And you tell my wife that all the Squid Hog boys, six boxes are purely FLG. Yeah. And, uh, our, our, our podcast actually has a couple armies. We have an oh, really? army. White scars. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of cool. That's cool. And that, that cool. way we can all kind of use and play. And we have a Necron one I'm building and painting slowly. So I have to ask because there, there's been like, you know, murmurs about this. Is there like some sort of legendary epic SoCal league that, that really helps, you know, cultivate the competitive scene in the, in the area? There's actually two. Oh, two. There's, wow. There's sorry. one in San Diego run okay. by Cooper mm -hmm. and uh, Coop Waddell and then also Keith Berry. They're, they're the main spear points on that one. And then locally, I used to run a big competitive league locally, oh, wow. um, and uh, but it was a ladder-based league. And then Jeff Poole took that over because he wanted to take a shot at running the Keith Berry and Cooper Waddell style league up here. Okay, and so cool. he does that now. So we have an L.A. one and a San Diego one. Jeez. The San Diego one is gigantic. Wow. Like the L.A. one's healthy, but the San Diego one is huge. And that's only got to like, prep these players. players for, yeah. Like, Sorry, how many players oh, Seth was asking? Yeah. Uh, in the San Diego one, I'm not sure currently because I, I, I yeah. only follow so much. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know um, everything? What? But he's got he, – that, and so it's a pod system. So you're put into multiple pods and I think they have like six or seven pods. Oh, wow. So um, full of players. And and I mean without a doubt, these leagues really – 80 plus in that. In that oh, league. yeah. Adam is correct. It's 80 plus players. Wow. So without a doubt, these leagues really do help prep oh, yeah. players for tournaments. I mean, no doubt about that. Because sure. I know where I live, there's no real league here. So, mm -hmm. you know, I can get a competitive game in. But there, there's a league here where I live. It's called me and Connor. <laughs> and then we yeah, play. I, I would actually argue that league. leagues are better at preparing you for large competitive events than like an RTT. Yeah. Wait, why? Um, what's your reasoning? Just because an RTT is just three games yeah. and it's against whoever. Yeah. Whereas in the pod systems, especially a pod based league in the pod systems, you're you're put up against players of equal skill level to you, and it provides you the ability to move up and down within the pod system. Cool. Um, I tried my best to drop out of pod one, but I won <laughs> one too many games and I got stuck in pod one. Uh -oh. I'm definitely far more comfortable in the pod two <laughs> placement. <laughs> These um, are my people. <laughs> yeah, they're they're more my speed. Um, but so so basically, like yeah, because you're playing people of similar skills and you can move up and you can move down and you can try different things out. Um, and, and, and you play more games within the pod system than you would yeah. like an RTT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also you don't get the same fatigue problem of like maybe your <laughs> third and final game yeah. isn't as relevant to learning because you were like yeah, super survival tired, mode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Just get through um, it. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, that the leagues are really important in Southern California. 
cool. Well, hey, Seth, do we have any cool. questions in the chat or anything that was posted in the... Not yet, okay, cool. um, but chat, feel free to throw those up. And uh, Kicker is going to keep an eye on the chat for me while I go through the... <laughs> you know I don't have a chat uh, link, right? But that's okay. John's going to keep an you, eye on the chat because he's a guest and I'm, he's going to be put to work. I'm going to send you the chat link because apparently... Okay, I have the chat open. I can see. Remember, I'm working off... Okay, John's going to watch the chat for us. John will be filling tonight. Um, so, uh, getting into our 40K competitive news, yes. um, I decided this week that it would be a good idea to take a look at some of our, our faction races as we get kind of into this last quarter of the season here and, and highlight some of the tight races that are going to hopefully see some movement as we get down to the wire. Um, we, we talked a lot about chaos already. Uh, so conveniently, um, the chaos super faction, there is a pretty close race for that in the top three. That's Daniel Sanson, Davis Fry, and Mark Perry. There's 15 points of separation between first and third oh, wow. place. Tight. Um, then you get into Chaos Space Marines. We have Russell Tassin, Wyatt Turk, and Mike Pestilens, uh, separated by a total of five points between those three. Um, so that's a nice tight race to keep an eye on. Uh, Death Watch, uh, Michael Costello, and Jason, I'm not going to pronounce that correctly with a gun to my head, Snigowski? Winowski, as our producer Rich says, um, there is less than one point separation between those between first and second place. Um, Forces of the Hive Mind, uh, we've got uh, Tyler Bortel, Josh Schultz, and Alex McDougal. There's about a twenty point separation there between those. Um, and I, the reason I, that's a bit of a bigger gap, but I point that out because Alex does not have um, his maximum number of GTs and majors because he's in Calo or in uh, Canada where they don't have nearly as many events. So he's literally not going to complete his like set of events um, until the end of the season. So um, he still has some chance to move up there, and he is, you know, the generally considered the best nid player. So we'll see if the young hive mind of Tyler Bortel can hold on. Um, Imperial Knights, there's a tight race. Um, Steven Shermer and Paul MacArthur, there's a four-point separation. Um, getting back to some chaos love, we've got Nurgle, Daniel Radahassan, and Jason Bird. There's a four-point separation. And the tightest race of all, the most closely contested faction award goes to Tau. Yes. Where Naaman Allen and Kyle Grundy are separated by 0.1 points. I can't be right. Between first and second place, there is a tenth of a point wow. difference. So that is literally a knife's edge between those two guys. So um, good luck to you guys. Hopefully one of you can uh, break the strange stalemate you are in. <laughs> um, so, but I, I thought that was cool because everyone considers Tau this like, you know, lower tier codex. It's not going to do well. Well, there is one hell of a tight race going on for that, that best in faction award. So um <laughs> You can always find something to play for, even if your codex is having a down period. Somebody did ask uh, how they keep track of the matchmaking and skill level in the San Diego pod system or the LA pod system. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm not 100% sure because I don't run that league. Um, but I do know that if you find the league on Facebook, they love to share their – they'll share their file with you and everything and the the spreadsheet they use and all that stuff. And on there it talks about it, and they, they'll walk you through it. So if you find so, it um, – Man, I don't remember what it's called. But you so could, they could reach out to like Keith Barry or Jeff Poole for that kind of information. Yeah, right? or Cooper Waddell. You might be able to Cooper have Coop. Okay. Um, the, the San Diego guys, because they created the system, would probably be better to reach out to. But yeah, they can do it. Okay. It's um, Yeah, and Adam's correct. Basically, the top two in the pod move up and the bottom two move down. Okay, cool. Um, the original seeding of the pods is the hardest because that's very subjective. Yeah. Right. So. Should you, I imagine it evens out in a round or two. 
It does. Yeah. Yeah. You you get through two seasons and you're you're ready to go. Like it's pretty right. pretty good. All right, let's get into our ITC recap. Um, conveniently for our listeners, uh, uh, one Salty John may or may not write a weekly article about this, so <laughs> he can, of course, chime in. Um, but uh, for the 40K competitive track, we have a new number one. Yep. The old man himself. The old, and, and I really want to call him the old man in the north um, <laughs> because it's so fitting. It's not that north. Brad though. Chester is our new number one. Congrats, um, Brad. Everyone pray for Brad. This this may swell his head to a size that makes it illegal for him to fly. Um, so just just pray for Wait, Brad. He has been you know, hustling, man. He's been going to every event. He's he 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 earned it. And and he's he's an old man. That's the important <laughs> thing to remember. Like he's not a young guy doing all this travel and kicking butt. So Godspeed, Brad. Godspeed. I Chester's going to prove me um, wrong. I wrote an article like maybe a year and a half, two years ago about how for competitive forty k is a young, unmarried, un a childless man's game chester's gonna chester's going after me i think <laughs> he took, oh, i think I he took he... a personal him and sean naden took a personal yeah i was like I, does brad have kids i think he's married right i don't know he's, he's I don't, married. I don't, no kids yeah no kids were here and so but married at least so right. mm-hmm. um number two john lennon the boy king himself um he's dethroned so now i can call him joffrey sorry <laughs> joffrey. john <laughs> Couldn't help it. Yikes. Uh, number three, the most luscious hair in 40K, Sean Naden. Number four, Jack Harpster. Um, He's been running, Jack's been running Jack. Knights, right? That's been his go-to army. Right? Black Templar, oh, black. actually, is okay, his main sorry. squeeze. But he, he ran Knights at the GW event because that, he had oral surgery. And at Orlando, he ran and, Blood Angels. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's jumping all over yeah. the place. Okay, cool. Jackson and then Ripley. number five, finally cracking our, our our top five is Manny Chima. So the UK invasion has begun. I've been waiting, man. Prepare yourselves. Congrats, Manny, for making it up here. All right. 40K hobby track, not a lot of movement this week. Number one is Lee Harris. Number two, JT Steger, uh, which I believe is in chat tonight. Uh, number three, Scott Boucher. Number four, Nicholas Winker. And number five, Noah Bedome. Hopping on down to the AOS competitive track. I think we've got a bit, a little bit of movement here this week. Uh, we have our new number one is Gavin Grigar. Number two, Gavin. Caleb Walters. Number three, uh, the former champ himself, now dethroned, Anthony Trentinelli. Uh, number four, James O'Brien. And number five, No Aquino. And I'm going to go back to the no pronunciation because, again, no one from that community has told me otherwise. Gavin's another guy that's been putting in the time, right? He's been going to a yep. lot of events. I mean, I see him every event that we have in front, you know, that, that I'm at, he's at, you know, I'm working at, he's there playing. So, you know, he's, he's been putting the hours in. I'd be careful about how you tell people that you work it. No, oh, geez. Right. <laughs> uh, AOS hobby track. Uh, we got our, some new number one, Nick Garcia, number two, Noah Quino, number three, Christopher Hernandez, number four, Christopher Daughtry and number five, Ian Wood. If anyone on that list would like us to show off your pretty models, just send them on in. Ooh, yeah, good call. Let us know. We would love to show off your models. And Kill Team, um, this is the moment that I get to find out if our producer reacted quick enough to to us adding this. Uh, number one is Fernando Marcos. Number two, Lazarus, tactical reroll. I would really like you to have a last <laughs> name, Lazarus. Um, number three, Rion Wilfong. Number four, Daniel Marcos. And number five, Mikhail Wago. So uh, Kill Team is is picking up some popularity. We're seeing some movement there. So yeah, we have, that's been pretty cool to watch. We have Kill Team at SoCal. So we'll see if that you know, mixes this up a bit. It's uh, a cool system. Right. I like yeah. the new system. Oh, yeah. It's- I, uh, I might have bought the system just for the orcs, and then I haven't cracked the book yet, oh, folks. I need to. Dude, no, but it looks hot, though, man. I'm, I'm yeah, excited. No, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, um, so, chat, now's your chance to throw out your questions. I've pulled a few as we were going earlier. Um, the first question, the big question, they say, is how far is John in the Wheel of Time now? <laughs> Somebody clearly follows 
Me, okay. Uh, I am on book three, The Dragon Reborn. All right. If I can get three of them done before the show comes out on Amazon, I will be actually proud of myself. I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I would be impressed if they covered the plot of three of those books in a season. I'm sure it's just one, but I, I'm like, well, how many can I get done before it comes out? And I think I might be able to get three. I don't know. I'm currently stalled on the reading. I'm painting Bagheras behind me. <laughs> well, I was, I was like, Robert Jordan books do have that effect occasionally where you're just like, ah, I don't want to read this chapter. Right. Like you just open it and you're like, oh, it's exposition. I'm just going to put this down right. for a minute. Yep. So, so John, when you're reading these books, are you actually like reading them or listening to them while you paint? Like, So I, when I paint, I listen to Warhammer books. Yeah, of course, yeah, so like I yeah. just finished Mortis painting the yeah. other night and then I bought Warhawk immediately and I'm currently listening to Warhawk while I paint the Magiris. Um Dude, I hear Warhawk's I, good. I can't wait to listen to it. I'm going to start listening to it next week. I'm, I'm it, sounds, it sounds good so far. Yeah. So, no, I, I read, read other yeah. books. I yeah. listen to audiobooks for mostly history books and 40K books. Nice. Nice. Cool. Had to ask. Next question's for Kicker. Oh, yes. Do you prefer Canadian corn pops or American Canadian corn pops? Canadian corn pops or American? Somebody is very well traveled and versed. In there, the... there is apparently a distinct difference. I mean, really? yes, yes, it's it's crazy, and also like especially with uh, cereals from the U.S. versus Mexico, it could be you know Cocoa Pebbles, totally different experience. Um, I, I like American corn pops, but don't judge me. Um, in general, I really like a lot of American cereals over any international version. Not because I was born and raised here, and I like you know what I'm used to. It's just because you know like. We, we invented this stuff, right? We really like our sugary breakfast cereal. But I will tell you, Switzerland has got some amazing cereals that would blow your mind. You guys know what like, Ovaltine is? Like that hot chocolate thing? Yeah. yeah. There's – yeah, right, right. They have it like – they have an Ovaltine like, – they call it Ovaltine, but Ovaltine like dusted flaky cereal that is glorious. It's got to be one of the best cereals of all time. And I am going on a tangent. So we're going to stop the sugary cereal conversation. But yes, uh, generally American Corn Pops to uh, – All right. <laughs> Something a little 40K yeah, related here uh, that we got submitted on the uh, FLGN question. And if you guys do want to submit questions before the show, Kicker and I always post that up, at least on the Tuesday before the show, if you want to put that up. I think one of my dogs just fell down the stairs. <laughs> um, what will be the pairings and placing metrics for SoCal? Uh, do we know what that is yet? Um, I don't want to misspeak. Adam in chat, feel free to chime in because I know <laughs> you're going to be a judge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really handle the formatting and the judging and the rules decisions. I just I just make sure it looks pretty and we have food. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing the random. Yeah, it's, I, I assume it's going to be random. within wind path, I think, or something like that. Yeah. I, 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 I want to say that, but I don't want to misspeak. Uh, right. Ask us on the community page right now, the Frontline Gaming community Facebook page. Adam answered. <laughs> okay, he answered. Adam says pairings are wins, then random. Boom. There you go. Awesome. 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 Uh, I got a question that got messaged to me, John, and, and I know it's because you, you're a judge for LDO sure. and other things, but I, so I'm trying not to go too far, but, but I have to ask you because it's a wonderful opportunity. And this is a good question mm -hmm. that I'm genuinely interested in. Okay. Um, let me just like paraphrase this. Okay. Yeah. So when you're, you have an opponent, some opponents have, for lack of a better word, rituals when they're rolling their dice. Okay. Um, you know, some people shake their dice a few times in a little like, you know, shaker. Some people, you know, hold them in this hand and then go over there. You know, they do like a dance with their dice. Come on. You know what? I'm not making this stuff up, right? I, I don't know. When is Look, it? I'm right here, man. Yeah. You can just say it was me. Sorry, Seth. Yeah. So some people are praying to Gork and Mork. No, no. But like, when is it too much that it's delaying the game? And it's, it's, it, it can be distracted. Like, let's move distraction yeah. along. But when is it just too time consuming? I know that some events now 
GW events don't allow chess clocks. So when does it get to the point where it's like, okay, man, like I, maybe you are super superstitious and that's just your thing, but it's you know impacting the the the, the, the game right now. When oh, can you step a... in? Yeah, I know it's a hard question, right? Because I, I I admit I kind of had an opponent and they did that, and I was talking about it with a friend of mine, and that friend just messaged me saying, hey, like why don't you just ask John? Like what what does he think? Yeah, that is a hard one because it's it's like how much policing do you want to do of a person's like personal yeah play same. style yeah, yeah um i've had it i had a it's hard yeah, right? and it's hard because if it's if it's taking time away from the game yeah and yeah. it's consistent then it could be problematic yeah because the, the best example i can think of, of something similar was um a guy was doing a bunch of pre-measuring and kept placing out dice where he was trying to measure out where things were going to go yeah if he got all of his charges all this stuff right so um and his opponent was starting to get annoyed. Well, just move the models. Yeah. You no, know, just move the models. Yeah, yeah. And and I was like, you know, no, you you have to let him play the game the way he wants. He's allowed to pre-measure. Yeah. He's trying to do something very specific with his move and charge, and it's really important to this game. So no, you can't really dictate to him that he just has to move the models. You have yeah. to let him play. Yeah. But something like a ritual with dice rolling, if like, it was that problematic, be- I'd probably call a judge and just be like, look. That's where I talked to the yep. guy first. You, you got to, you know, people shouldn't jump immediately to a judge for yeah. interpersonal problems. Yeah. And, and like some and, people just yeah. think that's part of their quirk personality. I mean, like with mm-hmm. me, I, I can't go to a, a tournament without like a bunch of snacks in my cart. And maybe people don't want to smell beef, beef jerky breath. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, but. Uh, or your mango jerky breath. Or my mango jerky breath. You got to know me really it's, well. It's similar to the idea of like how much alcohol is too much alcohol. Yeah. Oh, good the event, question. Right? Like yeah. how, yeah. how, how drunk is too drunk for my opponent to be? So yeah. as a judge, have you I, had to inter, in, interject? Like, you know, somebody's been drinking a little heavily at the table, or is that something more for, you know, his friends to handle? I mean, like, when do you as a, you know, event, part of the event have to intervene? It depends on if it's affecting the game state yeah. or not. Yeah. Yeah. Or cool. or if it's making it so that the opponent is uncomfortable. Sweet. Um, so that's usually the, the line there. Yeah. And the line exists. Yeah. So, but, I, mean, I mean, I think... You know, we're adults, I think the but takeaway, need to understand that not everybody at the place is an adult also. Yeah. <laughs> I think the takeaway on this this topic is, you know, try to address it. If you if you are concerned, try to address it. And if you're not getting a uh, reasonable solution, I think it's better to involve a judge early in the game rather than late in the game. Yes. You know, if, yeah. you, if, you call, if you call John over with 10 minutes left in the round and you guys are on round three, point. that's mm-hmm. not an easy scenario. Um, speaking of which, uh, there was a question about um, how do you feel about walking players through the end of a game, um, like at the GW event, Ooh. if they didn't reach the natural conclusion? Um, uh, I think it's a perfectly fine system for their events. Like, yeah. I think that there is room in Warhammer competitively for there to be multiple types of events and multiple ways of handling things. Yeah. And I don't think there's any one way that's necessarily correct. I mean, yeah. you're talking to one of the guys whose name's at the bottom of the ITC code of conduct. Yeah. Right? Like, I yeah. wrote a large portion of that document for the ITC, but I still believe that you can do it another way. Right. Yeah. So like, I, I think that their focus is on making sure games are completed and making sure that a game is represented as complete as possible. And if you are a judge and you are there and you are helping people complete a game to make sure that it is as, you know, realistically representative as possible of what happened, that that's perfectly acceptable and good. Sweet. Sweet. Kicker, I got one for you. Um, It's a relatively dense question. I'm going to do my best to paraphrase. (laughs) Please do so. Um, The short version is, 
the terrain set up for SoCal yeah. um, at ACO, they, they, all the terrain was kind of in big sections. Um, so you, you, if you were in a certain table number, you were getting on a certain type yes. of terrain and because there is a different density, is there going to be a mixing of those layouts at, at SoCal open? So if you're at a certain level in the tournament, you're not staying on the same terrain. The entire Yeah, no, I totally tournament. get what you're saying. So, so historically what we've done is let's just dumb it down. Tables are numbered one through a hundred. Let's just say we'd say first 10, 20 tables are, you know, orc ta- terrain, second 20, you know, so 20 through 40 are, are, you know, Necron terrain, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So that if you're kind of in that same kind of win loss area in the tournament, you're going to always yeah. be playing on orc terrain or not. That's what we did at ACO. What we're trying to do now, <laughs> which it's very simple is instead of numbering the rows like that, we just, instead of going up and down with the rows, we go the, opposite way that the terrain's laid out if that makes sense okay, so, so then it mixes it the the terrain exactly it'll throughout the, through. okay. that's something we've been discussing i can't promise that's gonna be for socal but that's the way that i think we're leaning towards um because we are really trying to make sure that each one of our tables although very different and distinct are all equally balanced and fun to play on uh at aco we definitely know that the orc terrain table was a fun table that we wanted to have at the top level i guess because it was very 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 balanced and we wanted the top players to have the most balanced game as possible but now since then we've definitely been adjusting the the frontline gaming terrain to meet the ninth edition rule set so i think we're pretty balanced on all on all tables especially if we're socal if you've seen our packet uh leo went in there and really updated it so the train has learned from lone star open it's learned from lvtt and now we're at socal where the train's been hopefully the best and won't have to change much for LVO. So if you're at SoCal, it should pre- give you a pretty good idea for what you to expect at LVO or New Orleans. Actually, if you're going to be going to the New Orleans Open, uh, by then that'll be basically a dry run for LVO. I'll be there. You'll be there. You'll be there. Good, good. John, you should come play. Don't don't judge. Adam's judging. You come and play if you want to. I mean, you should. <laughs> you can bring your knights. The travel I'll party. see. You'll see. I got a, I got a I got a lot of wife points yeah. to. It's try it's not to it's through. well before <laughs> the holidays. It's like the second weekend of December. Yeah. It, it'll be before the holidays. It, it, New Orleans. I don't a, know if school will be out by then. Dude, not, dude, New Orleans whatever. is a great place for the holidays. I mean, bear with me. The hotel is right on Canal Street. It's all Christmas lights and and, and just mm-hmm. it's all magical and nonsense. And if that's not your thing, you know, it's just walk a block over to Bourbon Street and just get hammered. So you have you have your your choice of how you want to spend your, your holiday. Right. <laughs> um, I have a question that just, just just popped up on my Facebook Messenger. Hey, um, cart or no cart? John, first, do you bring a cart to, to tournaments, or, or are you just carrying the, the tray? You don't. You don't. Well, I guess you're playing knights, right? No, I'm not. I'm not old enough to need a cart yet. <laughs> okay, Seth. I know what the answer is, but Seth, why don't you tell uh, the audience, cart or no cart? If if I'm driving, it's cart. No. If I'm flying, it's no cart. Really? Um, but, and in fact, the only well, oh, carts yeah, are just that makes that's another thing to check. Yeah. Like when I went to ACO, I I had um I had one of the old uh collapsible trays that FLG made, mm-hmm. like one of their old old styles. Um and I would have totally used that for for ACO, but my buddy who drove to ACO was like, Well, I brought a cart and my army's smaller. You borrow my cart, I'll take your tray. Oh, nice. Um so he's very nice. But I've I've seen people try to fly with those carts and it's a uh a nightmare so i i don't cart yeah. if i have to fly so like i probably won't have uh, and that honestly that does affect you know my list construction yeah. so like i probably won't have a cart at lvo because i ain't driving to vegas yeah yeah um i mean 
pre-COVID times, I had a, a nine-pound dog that went with me everywhere. And uh, I mean, he was on the bottom shelf of my cart. So I'd go to tournaments and I'd have my, my minis, my snacks, and the bottom shelf was a, a, a furry animal that would just join me everywhere. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't, I'm a big fan of carts. It definitely makes it way easier. But I think it also only comes down to is uh, right the number Nurgle's of- Nurgle's suggestion is to buy a new cart in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I'm, why not, right? I mean, how am I getting order it back? On, order it on Amazon, have it shipped to your hotel. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. They're not that expensive, right? Like seventy dollars for like this. They're like a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> that's a kill rig. That's a that that is a kill rig. Okay, in, in orc models, that's a kill rig. I play knights. I don't need a card. I just carry <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Seth, I think are we good to wrap up, or do we have anything else? Yeah, I I think we're good for tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us, folks. Thanks for joining us, John. Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, of course. Uh, Anytime, John. You got any final thoughts for the night? Yeah, maybe, burning maybe. burning comments. You just want to you want to plug your 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 show your your TG, you know, Yeah, so there's your multiple shows. TFG multiple shows. Radio, and then um, also Pause Save the Imperium is our lore show. Oh, nice. Um, we just put up a new episode today, actually, about. Um, if uh, whether or not the fall of the Eldari was inevitable mm. or if they could have not done that. So um, they're, they're kind of shorter episodes. They're like 30 ish minutes usually. So if you like Laura and you don't want to be like, have to listen to hours on end, we're the show for you. That's it. All right. Is it kind of, it's like a debate style. Like you guys are, yeah. are point counterpointing each other. It's yeah. not just like, yes, they could have avoided it. The mm. end. Right. <laughs> yeah. We do a point counterpoint where like certain people take certain stances and then we discuss as we go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. I've enjoyed it. So oh, sweet. Um, Kicker, any final thoughts for the night? No, guys. I'm just going to go back to painting as soon as we're done. So, you know, back to painting. What about you, Seth? I'm going to turn on a horror movie and paint myself. <laughs> All right, um, cool. Well, guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs> so uh, we really thank you guys for uh, joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed whatever episode of Signals of the Frontline we're on. <laughs> uh, and we will catch you next Wednesday. Good night, guys. <laughs>